Welcome to Strategic Real Estate Coach Radio, hosted by Josh Cantwell and Kyle Gariffo. Strategic Real Estate Coach is where the nation's leading real estate investors, brokers, and agents turn to transform the way the real estate business is being done in neighborhoods across the nation. If you desire to make more money, do more deals, grow your passive income, and build the lifestyle you've always wanted, you need Strategic Real Estate Coach. This powerhouse team is led by Josh Cantwell, a seasoned investor with nearly a decade of experience over 700 transactions and over 5.5 million in fundraising generated for himself and his partners. Now, sit back, listen, learn, and accelerate your business with Strategic Real Estate Coach Radio. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back. Josh Cantwell here, CEO at Strategic Real Estate Coach. Welcome back to another edition of Strategic Real Estate Coach Radio. Uh, I don't know what episode we're on. We're on number episode 100 and something. But what I do know is we deliver amazing content to real estate entrepreneurs around the globe on how to build and scale your real estate investing business, whether it's new, intermediate, or advanced. And today we are, we're in for a treat. I have none other than Kevin Harrington on the line with me, the original shark from Shark Tank, and an amazing entrepreneur who's been leading business around the United States and around the globe for over 40 years. He is the man behind the As Seen on TV brand and has over 500 companies. It's overdone over $5 billion in worldwide sales. Kevin, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Josh, fantastic. Thanks for that beautiful introduction. Great to be here today. Looking forward to it. Absolutely, Kevin. So, Kevin, you've been uh, obviously on Shark Tank, one of the original sharks on Shark Tank, but that's only a part, a small part of your entrepreneurial journey. You've been around entrepreneurs and amazing companies and companies with, uh, you know, just hockey stick growth over the last 40 years. So I want to jump in right now and just ask you a quick question is, what are some of the traits? What are some of the characteristics that you've seen repeatedly over and over and over from some of the, the entrepreneurs that you've been around or the companies that you've been around that have had amazing growth and scale? What are some of the characteristics and traits of those elite yeah. people? Great question. Well, I, you know, I'm going to go back. I'll tell you, 1987, I was sitting around with a couple of entrepreneurs and uh, one of them was Michael Dell from Dell Computers and and uh, a, a, another buddy of mine out of Dallas, Stuart Johnson. I don't know if you know Stuart, but we ended up creating what is now today the Entrepreneurs Organization. And we're all over the world. It's, it's the largest, it's nonprofit, Washington, D.C. So there's, you know, tens of thousands of members all over the world that that comprise this, it's called EO, and we're in 50 countries, 150 cities. So I have worked with a few entrepreneurs, so I know, you know, we as we hang out, we get to know each other, the ups, the downs, and by the way, some of the traits aren't always all positive, because some of us are just crazy lunatic entrepreneurs, but but for the most part, I would say this, it, it all kind of starts with a vision. And I, like for myself, um, I, at a young age, you know, I was lucky because I, I'm going to talk about mentors and coaches in my life in a little bit, but I, I grew up, my father was an entrepreneur. He was a restaurateur. So when I was 11, I was working in his restaurants and he would show me things like as the, through the owner's eyes. Right. And, and so it was enough for me to learn enough about restaurants to know that I didn't want to be in the restaurant business when I, when I was going to be an entrepreneur. But 
he, you know, he coached me own my own business. And when I was 15 in high school, I started a business. So he had a vision. I had a vision. And I went on to create other businesses with that vision. So I think, do you have a vision? Are you willing to work, you know, you know, extremely hard hours, right? I mean, long, I mean, I know there's weeks I work 80 hours easily. And it's, I think the, the beauty of entrepreneurship is that when you get to work an 80 hour week, you're working for yourself. So the, unlike if you're employed and you're just getting that salary. So, so I think that, you know, it's, it, I don't mind working 80 hours because you're building something and it's growing and et cetera. So, so the, the other thing that I think is necessary. And as I, and when I first started, I didn't have this trait. And, and this is to be able to surround myself with great people because in the beginning, I thought I could do it all myself. I didn't want to pay other people. I thought that's an expense I don't need to hire a real strong CFO and other things like that. But I found that as I really started to build big businesses, when I cut corners on getting the right people, it cost me money in the long run. I call it, you need to be able to create your dream team. And you guys are in the real estate business, so you know that there's good people that know how to look at real estate and pick the right kind of deals and places and understand the upsides, right? So if you've got the, the wrong guy picking your deals, you know, you're, you're not going to make as much money. So, um, you know, for me, it's the right people in finance, in operations, and also today, digital marketing is a key thing. So, you know, I, I could give you plenty of more traits, but I just think that once as an entrepreneur, you understand that you've got the vision, you've got the work ethic, you've got the the dream team around you. Now you just got to get the money and 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 then it all should fall into place. And if one of those dream team people is someone that can help you raise capital, you don't like I didn't have any money when I started, but I raised capital and then we made money and then we could self finance from there. So it's you know, it it all can happen if you just follow a few systems uh, that you, you start out with. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I think what a lot of people ask is, well, how do I, how do I know my dream team or how do I find the right guy? I, I give my team and my people two things and I'd love to hear your take on this. I tell people, listen, I want to hire somebody, number one, that's done the job successfully before. I don't want to pay people to learn on the job with me. I'd rather pay, pay more or overpay for a guy who's got the experience that can come in and on day one is providing value. That's number one is somebody that's got the experience, done the job before. And number two, somebody that's just yep. got a tremendous amount of passion, that they love it. That if you said they end up working a 50, 60, 80 hour work week, they're doing it because they love it and they, they just want to grow. They want to provide value. So do you have any additional insights on maybe how to look for that dream team or add people to your team? Yeah, so um, and just real quick to validate what you just said. When I was um, growing one of my first, the SCM and TV business, I needed cash for inventory. And I went to five banks. I thought, man, I get this great business. I'm making money. I was doing 50 million a year with a $5 million profit. But I got turned down, turned down five banks in a row, turned me down. And then I ran into the former president of one of those banks. He had retired. And he said, Kevin, you're going about it all wrong. 
He says, let me help you. I'm not going to charge you anything until I'm successful. And then you're going to want to have me as part of your team. And so we went back to actually not the bank that he was president of, but one of the other banks. And we got a $3 million line of credit within 90 days of him joining my, my team. So this, this was a guy that had lived and breathed banking and finance and loaning and getting loans and giving loans. And so from there on, we had our finance side of our dream team covered. So, so I, yeah, I think passion, experience, and, you know, in, 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 and I'll say this, how do you get them, right? I think that was part of your question. Sure. You know, I look, the first thing that I do is I, I look at who am I writing checks to on a day-to-day basis? I got a, a law firm. I've got an accounting firm. I've got, in my business, I have a phone center. I have a credit card clearing company. I have a fulfillment center. I have a lawyer, I have an accountant, and I'm writing millions of dollars in checks to all these people. They're the first people I go to to say, hey, look, I need a digital marketing guru. Do you have any ideas or recommendations? Now, the accountants may not know digital marketing gurus, although they may be representing one on an accounting basis. But it's amazing how when you go to your initial sphere of influence, go to the organizations you belong to. And I also, I'll get back to coaching, I belong to a couple mastermind clubs and I spend, I spend 25 grand a year to belong to multiple clubs. And these have hundreds of members each. And when I go to the clubs and say, I need this, I'll get 15, 20 replies back from members of these organizations that will help me find the right people. So do not be afraid to get the right coaches and mentors in your life to help you get the right people. That's right. It's uh, so many different deals we've cut, people we've met, investors in our private equity fund. I've invested in other people's real estate deals. And so much of it is done through networking and people that we've met, people that we know. It's the deal where somebody's coming in cold. It's the toughest deal to do. Whether you're the lender, whether you're an investor, whether you're borrowing, whether you're asking for money or lending money, the cold deal is the toughest one to put together because when you have someone that you've already known, it's just an introduction from somebody else. You get past all the credibility stuff. You get past the relationship stuff and you can move on to striking a, a good deal. Um, exactly. So, Kevin, next question was just more on you know, getting investors. One thing that I have a friend of mine who once told me, you know, money will find its way into every crack in the sidewalk if it's the right crack, if it's the best deal. Um, yeah. So, but even if you find a good investor, a potential investor, whether it's for real estate or a business, you're selling physical products, whatever you're selling, whatever you're raising money for, you gotta do it the right way. You gotta, you know, approach people the right way, like you said, with the banks that have turned you down. So, what are some thoughts you have on sort of crafting or having? What are some traits or some characteristics of a great investor presentation or the perfect investor? pitch. What are some things that you have to do and some things that you can't leave out? Right. Good question. So, so I mean, I'll say this, there's really more money out there than, than as you mentioned, you know, the money finds its way into every crack. It, it, it blows me away that people say, Oh, I just can't, I'm not getting any pulse on, on my pitch. It's because your pitch isn't right. Most likely now, you know, I, I have a, a, a series of tips that I use. And I'm going to, I think when I get, you know, I'm going to be in Dallas coming up for, you know, in, in 
um, in April, and I, I may be able to expand upon my, I have a 10-step process, which we could probably spend about an hour on, but I, I've got a three-step process to pitching an investor. And so I'm going to hit that real fast. You, you need to tease, please, and seize. So tease them, please them, and seize them. And so the tease is you use to get their attention and, get, and start with some kind of a problem that exists in the marketplace. So I'm an investor. And when somebody, first of all, has a way of getting my attention and you think, well, wait a minute, why didn't, aren't you just listening? No, a lot of investors you're pitching, they may not even be listening. And so I, you know, I, I did 175 Shark Tank segments, right? We, by the sixth or seventh in, in the day, we would take these pitches. I'm like thinking about my office and about what, you know, a response I'm going to do to some emails. And, and if someone comes out, it's like, oh, another pitch. And I'm like, I'm not even listening unless they, boom, get my attention in the first six to eight, ten seconds. Now, they've also stated a problem that I acknowledge is a problem in the marketplace. Now, you say, so now that you've got my attention, I agree there's a problem I have now the solution to that problem, and this is the please stage. So you tease them by getting their attention, stating a problem. You please them by now solving that problem in a unique fashion. And, and let me explain unique. Is your product or service unique enough such that it solves the problem like no other product or service already? Okay. Uh, and, you know, is it unique enough such that it solves the problem that no other product or service solves in a similar fashion? Okay. And that's important that you create that unique aspect. Because I'm thinking of Mr. Wonderful now, Kevin O'Leary on Shark Tank. He's always, oh, who else already does this? Exactly the same, right? So give me, so you please with uniqueness, you show some magical transformations before and afters your service or your business. And by the way, in the real estate business, people that buy houses, fix them up. This is now, get pictures of the house when you bought it. It's run down, it's dilapidated. It's, a, you know, it's, you know, you bought it on the cheap. Now show it all fixed up and it's beautiful. And it, you did the roof and the kitchen and the this and the that, but all for pretty tight money, right? So, so now, You've, you've got those magical transformations, and then you seize with the irresistible offer that you're going to make. So you got investors today, they want some kind of a deal, or they want to know that there's some special aspect there. So anyway, tease, please, and seize. And, and just one last thing on investors, and maybe we could talk more about this in Dallas, but there's, there, there's 10 different kinds of investors you need to understand. And, and this is the crazy thing. Some investors, they want big profits and they, you know, they want to see profits. Other investors, they're willing to ride for a little longer and maybe they don't see profits initially, but then over the long term. So I mean, like when Facebook was first raising money, they didn't, how did they raise billions with no sales and no profits? Because they had customer acquisition down pat. And they said, once we get to a hundred million customers, we're going to just start cranking money and you're going to make a hundred X on your investment. And, and they did people that got in early on Facebook are super, super wealthy from those investments. So, you know, there's different ways to talk to different investors and, you know, we can talk about all of that, um, at a, you know, in Dallas or whenever. So, but it's, 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 it's important to know who you're talking to.
Absolutely. I uh, So Kevin's mentioned a couple times, and as you probably, if you've uh, gotten our emails or been on our websites, Kevin's going to be one of our keynote speakers at the Flippin' Fun Summit. Uh, it's coming up not too far from now, April 13th through the 15th. Um, I'll be interviewing Kevin. We'll spend a lot of time together on stage and doing some Q&A, but talking about some of these very similar topics. Uh, we set up a special link. It's just flipandfun.com slash Kevin. Um, and there's going to be a special offer there if you listen to this interview, this podcast, and uh, there'll be a special discounted coupon code there for a ticket if you don't have a ticket already. We're almost sold out. we got lots of people signed up. It's going to be awesome. Um, so, Kevin, I, I like to say when it comes to raising money, right, if, if you don't have a special product like real estate, maybe not a special product, but you have a special deal that compensation drives behavior, compensation mm-hmm. drives behavior. But you have to know, like you mentioned, how do people like to be compensated? Do they want to be a joint venture partner in a deal and maybe right. feel like they're an owner? Or do they want to just be a private lender where it's totally passive? Or do they want fixed return plus maybe a piece of the upside? So it's not just compensation, but what compensation right. drives that investor? What do they want? And you talk about solving their problem. If they're going to be a passive investor, write a check for a hundred grand or a million bucks or whatever it is. You have to know what gets them going, what, what gets the goat for them. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'll give you a, a great analogy here. Sometimes some investors, they want a quicker ROI than others. And some, some will tell you, hey, I'm willing to ride this, you know, for the long term and, you know, be a long term player. Others tend to want maybe a quicker accelerated payback. So figure out a way to structure an accelerated payback for those people where they can, as they get paid back quicker, you know, they, they, they feel more comfortable. And sometimes let's say you're doing, a, let's say you're raising a million dollars. The first quarter million is the toughest to get on a million dollar raise, right? Once you get the quarter million, the rest starts falling into place. So maybe you got to incentivize that first quarter million a special way. And, and this becomes that irresistible offer to make them to be first. So Kevin, just in the, we're, we're going to wrap up here in a second. So you'd mentioned, you know, your mastermind organizations, entrepreneurial organization. You'd mentioned that you pay for masterminds. I invest a lot of money in coaching and mentoring myself. Um, I know that you've had a lot of uh, mentors in your life over the past 40 years of being an amazing entrepreneur. Is there one or two of your mentors that really stick out and what specifically did they do for you as a coach or a mentor that kind of got you to the next level? So, uh, you know, I'll go all the way back. Zig Ziglar, who actually the family is is out of Dallas, Um, Tom Ziglar. Zig died six years ago, but Zig was a mentor to me. So let me give you an example of I had an infomercial that went on the air and so when, when, when we're in the infomercial business, the as seen in TV business, we run these on TV. The people are at home. We're not in front of them able to hear their objections. So we had this, the, we had a knife spot that went on. It was the Ginsu knife. And, and we were giving you two Ginsus for $20. And so we, we looked at the, uh, the report after the show ran and only 50% of the, we had like a thousand phone calls and 500 people ordered, 500 people didn't order. And we're like, this is crazy. Why did 500 people call the number and not order the product? Well, they they said, we found out after we outbound some of those folks, they didn't see enough value. 
So Zig Ziglar, the master of closing the sale, he wrote 31 books in 36 languages, right? Um, he was a mentor to me. And Zig said, if, if your price is here and your value is below the price, you're not going to make the sale. You got to create a higher value stack where the value is above the price. So, so this is what we created then. We said, you're going to get two Ginsu's for 1995, but wait, there's more. If you order right now, you'll get six free steak knives, a paring knife, and, you know, a, a bread knife, etc. And we added, because we didn't know how much value we had to add. We kept adding value. <laughs> and this is, then you got an eight-piece set, right? So this all, I mean, Zig didn't create the actual words of, but wait, there's more. But this is the concept that Zig Ziglar, as a coach to me and a mentor to me, helped me create these value stacks. So that went from something that was never going to roll out to doing hundreds of millions of dollars. And so, so from that to doing, you know, having mentors like Richard Branson was another mentor in my life. And Richard, you know, he, Richard, I, I was hanging out on Necker Island with Richard and Richard said, cause I, I, we had a little lull in our business. He's like, Kevin, he said, you've built, you built Tony Little's brand and you helped do Jack LaLanne and George Foreman and Billy Mays. He says, I've seen all those products. Those are great. But guess what? I didn't know who Kevin Harrington was, the guy behind them. He said, you've never built your brand. So you got to go out and build your brand, Kevin Harrington. He says, do you think people know who Richard Branson is? He built his brand, right? right. I mean, he built it by becoming you know, a personality out in the marketplace. So on that note, I started doing books, writing books and doing podcasts and all kinds of stuff. So now, and then who called me from there? Mark Burnett called to put me on Shark Tank. So it's it's amazing the mentors I've had that have been unbelievable in my life. And I can say that without having the right mentors, I wouldn't be where I am today, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Absolutely, Kevin. Mentors I've had, I've invested, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of the last 13, 14 years in mentoring, coaching, entrepreneurial organizations. And there isn't really one that I could say that failed me. I got one little tip from every single one. I got one little thing, one little meeting, one little new person I met, at least some minor thing. And I always told myself, if I invested, whether it was five grand or 25 grand or 50 grand or whatever it was, I only got to do one deal or meet one person to get all that money back. And then everything else yeah. is free. That's how I was looked at it. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that was just my opinion. Yeah. And uh, it worked no. out great. So I agree a hundred percent. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Kevin, listen, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Again, on another episode of strategic real estate coach radio. If you guys enjoyed our uh, interview today, go ahead and leave us a comment or a rating below five stars. If we did a good job, thank you. And uh, come back and subscribe to our podcast, and we'll see you at the Flippin' Fun Summit. Thanks so much, everybody. Talk to you soon. You were just listening to Strategic Real Estate Coach Radio, hosted by Josh Cantwell and Kyle Gariffo. Leave a comment on our iTunes channel and let us know what you want to learn next, who you would like us to interview, or if you just want to share some of your success stories in real estate. And maybe we'll talk about it on our next show. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and make sure you subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes every Wednesday. 
Follow Josh Cantwell and Strategic Real Estate Coach on Facebook and Twitter. Check out all our awesome free training videos at youtube.com forward slash SREC video. If you want to find out 55 simple and powerful ways to find killer real estate investments, go to 55simpleways.com forward slash podcast right now to download our free report and get a ton of free resources on finding properties and funding properties. And stay up to date on what's happening right now in the real estate industry. That's 55simpleways.com forward slash podcast. Podcast. Thanks for listening.